We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. It's very odd when these press events we sometimes get to come home, if you will. Oh, I mean, yeah. We, were, yeah, yeah. We, were, we just finished. Happy Tuesday to you. When you're, we're recording this, we've just finished being involved in a press event launch. You saw the pictures on Instagram for the new Mercedes 7 Series, the GLS. We can't really talk about it yet. The embargo's not lifted. There is a video coming, but it, it, the event... Like all these press events, is attempting to spoil you mm-hmm. so you like the car more. Yes, and it was yes. it was about a five minute drive from where I live, so they didn't have to fly us in. They didn't have to put us up. Yep, we were we were the cheapest dates of this entire group yeah, for sure. And I'm, and, I'm another six go, minutes up the cool. road from you, and you know, yeah, we're exactly. Very close. It's cool to be mm-hmm. able to share Utah roads with everybody coming in, and many people. I actually yeah, sat for to, sure. Sat next to a gal from New York, and she said she'd okay. never yeah. been to um, to uh, Utah. And uh, shout out to Kara from Noble Magazine. Kara, cool. how are you? Nice to meet you. And uh, really, really cool to meet her and just, you know, share these roads and, you know, yeah. share our what we love about driving here in Utah. It was really, really cool. Well, speaking of that, that leads nicely into the fact we're doing a meetup here in Utah in August. It's on our website, everydaydriver.com, on the Adventures tab. We're doing a meetup right here. You can drive these roads with us. You can get on our local track. It is a total a la carte thing. It's not an expensive trip. You can do it however you would like to do it. You can bring a car and you can rent a car, whatever. That is August 2nd through the 4th. It's right there on the website, so we'd love for you to sign up for that. Many of you have already. Thank you. We're excited about that happening. And while I'm talking sign-ups, I may as well say it. <laughs> okay. Pilgrimage is happening. Too. Pilgrimage yes, is happening is. this fall. We're very excited. We got a good group going. Uh, we have passed. Just so you know, we have passed the refund point. If you wanted to put a deposit in and, and refund, because you can't go, but we are not to the deadline yet of going at all. If you're thinking about going, you can still sign up. There are still spaces. Uh, we do have cars locked in for the folks that have already done it. We might not be able to lock in your dream car if you if you schedule now, but we will do everything we can with our friends at RSR. We would love to have you go to uh, the ring and spa with us. It's going to be an awesome trip this year. You know what's funny is being at this press event with Mercedes, everybody oh, sure. from yeah, yeah. Germany has come over, and it's fun to talk about the trip that you and I do. And it's it's their hometown, and many people are from Stuttgart. They work yeah. at the mothership yeah, yeah. in Stuttgart, right. or they're from mm-hmm. the area, or they're from Frankfurt. And it's it's only gotten me more excited talking to all of our German friends at Mercedes. And thanks to That's Mercedes cool. for doing this. It was it was really different and interesting, and they they put a lot of effort yeah. in. They have six groups because this is the world premiere of the GLS, the new the, mm-hmm. the big boy, mm-hmm. and they're flying people in from all over the world because the premiere is right here. I mean, it's steps from our house practically from our houses. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's pretty fun to have it here, even though, you know, maybe they'll come back, but who knows? It just seems like more and more car manufacturers are discovering this area for the roads and, you know, just space and no traffic and all that stuff. Although I did hear uh, there were, uh, there were definitely some cops out, you know, when you see these (laughs) All the journalists are like, yeah, for sure. Yeehaw. And uh, I, I think the cops started to get wind by the end of the day. We'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. We'll see what happens. Yes, yeah, for sure. But, uh, it may be a very interesting time to be on the roads the next couple yeah. of days, for sure. Well, guys, we've it's that time again. We've got a really good lineup of car conclusions from those of you who yeah. have written to yeah, us very cool. with things you bought, cars you bought. And what's cool is a couple of you wrote to us. 
And your episodes, they weren't even featured on the podcast. It was just by listening to the podcast that you have come away with newfound wisdom and knowledge and desire to go get some fun cars. <laughs> and so we didn't even feature them on the podcast. So we will cover those really, yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah. So they are, you don't actually have to have your debate featured on the podcast to write to us. I will say that. So if you have For bought sure, something yeah. and if it's, you know, the podcast has just gotten you thinking about what to mm -hmm, buy next mm -hmm. and you've discovered something. For sure. We'd love yeah. to know. And that, that's what we're featuring. So a couple of you have done that. And then a really interesting debate for Ben C. He's writing for a car for his wife and something for him as well. So we'll, we'll cover that yeah, for before sure. a ton of questions. We've been out all day long shooting the mm -hmm. Mercedes and, and uh, yeah, enjoying the, the new lodge here in Park City. Just a crazy venue. I can't believe it's it this is, nice. Yeah. It's a nutty venue. Well, the, the joke yeah. I kept making, and, and I almost wanted to do it, the joke I kept making was that I, I legitimately could have taken 20 minutes or so and mountain biked to the event. Yeah. And so there yeah. was a part of me that really wanted to show up just disgusting and nasty and sweaty and out of breath and pull off a bike helmet <laughs> and be like, what nice car am I getting in now? Just just to completely throw them for a our, loop. Because our friend, they uh, were already confused by the fact that you and I were showing up and we were outside the program but kept showing up for the event because we weren't staying at the lodge. It's very, very odd. Yes, we were the outliers, outliers. Our friend Eric at Jalopnik said he thought you were half kidding about the mountain bike thing. He thought actually you were kind of serious about riding the mountain bike and showing up all gross <laughs> and sweaty. And, about I really did, know, yeah. It was pretty cool. It was nice chatting with him and yeah, just meeting uh, more people there at the event. Really, really cool. And of course the venue is always nice, always very lovely, but yeah, we're rather sleep in our own beds, you know, rather stay at our own houses. Well, and, and I, but I also had to come home to, to and, I, and I know I said had to, but it is, it's just life. I had to come home and be a dad too. I mean, my wife's got a lot of stuff yep. going on. Yep. So just this week specifically, a lot of things converged. I had to come home and be dad. And what's funny is I had to tell this story. My son, who is almost 10, he's nine and a half now, he's getting very savvy about what, what you and I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he already right. talks about the fact that he's, he's an employee you know, of the show, he, for sure. He, 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 he's an employee of the show. He works for the show. Of course he does. But this morning, <laughs> he comes down and looks at my, I was just about to leave to go on the drive. And he sees, because he's out of school now, he sees the, uh, the envelope of information with the Mercedes logo on it and mm -hmm. my badge hanging off the side. And he goes, Dad, you didn't tell me you had a press launch today. <laughs> I mean, just the fact that he knew and he's savvy enough and those yeah, words, yes, he's a yeah, sharp so, kid. He really. So is. we talked about we talked about the press launch and all of that, and we got to show him the Mercedes <laughs> a little bit today when we had came home at one point for gear. So uh, it was very very funny. So yeah, he's he's a part of the show. In case you're curious, he now works for us. Apparently, I, that that can only go wrong. But there's that. <laughs> all right, we've got to get jump into these car conclusions here. Starting off from yeah. episode three ninety three. This is Lance up in Northern California. Do you guys remember mm -hmm. the BMW mm -hmm. i8? Is the i8 a good idea? He yep. got a car and he wrote to us, we got a car. Actually, two cars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. This See, did not I, go where I expected. I mean, and, it goes, and it gets even weirder it as it goes. Yeah. It happens. He said their financial situation, he and his wife, it got rearranged in a bit that they are now hoping to buy a house in the next year or so. And like I said, they're up in San Francisco, North Bay area. Houses are expensive anywhere. They're, oh my they're gosh, expensive. Yes, completely. Yeah. And so therefore he can't come close to justifying an I-8 as cheap and, you know, tantalizing as in, you know, used I-8 might they be. They may be. And, yeah. And they'll, sure. they'll start coming down even more. You know, we, we still have time. No worries. But he couldn't do it and he couldn't also stomach the idea of 30 grand for a used tesla model s although i bet mm -hmm. that area is littered with used model s's for sale I'll i would bet think you so people dumping their everywhere. 85s for sure yeah, yeah yep yep i bet you can get into one pretty good but he couldn't do it and so he spent some time shopping for used i3s 
But he said mm-hmm. that he drove one. He wasn't really thrilled with it because the rear doors aren't convenient really for his two kids. And the windows on the rear doors yeah. don't roll down. So I get the idea he was getting a lot of, Dad, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing works like we think it does. I don't like yeah. this car. Yeah. This is weird sure. and different. And, you know, it's got bamboo everything. And I, no, I don't like it. What's up with this? <laughs> I can hear it. Well, who was the designer that was bumped into bamboo and went, wait a minute, we need that in a car? Uh, that, well, that, that, that does seem like a strange leap, but that it happened on that car. You know, we're exploring new materials and environmentally friendly materials, and you're exploring all that stuff. You, you reach bamboo at some point. You, you come screeching <laughs> you up to bamboo. You turn the corner, and there's, there's still a hallway of bamboo, well, and you just yes. think, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. It grows so quickly. I mean, there's more. <laughs> just <laughs> We can make more interiors in the next Seriously. week. It'll be perfect. So in, in the midst of this, while driving all electric cars they could find and consider, uh, Lance and his wife drove the e-Golf and were kind of shocked by it. They were really very impressed. And then they started thinking, okay, should we buy one of these used because they're really cheap used? Because in case you haven't followed along with this market, an electric car plummets, plummets <laughs> faster than any car on the planet yeah. when it becomes a used car. I mean, these are cars with less than 100 miles of range. So they are really old tech. But these, so the e-golf are dropping, and they're going. Wait a minute! Should we get a used e-golf? It'd be well under ten grand. Well, their local Volkswagen dealer said, uh, "Hang on, hang on. What if you got a brand new 2019, and I put in ten thousand dollars on the hood for rebate, and then you cashed in the ten thousand dollar government rebate?" And they went, "That's an awful lot off this car." So they got his. That's they initially ten grand. It, it on is the hood? shocking. No, it nobody is shocking. does that. Nobody does that. Totally. So since this is the brand oh new gosh. one, it's got a little over 100, 100 miles of range, like 125 miles, uh, thousand, uh, pardon me, 125 miles of range. So they have that. miles of range. Wouldn't that be Battery great? Battery tech yeah. is mind-blowing. It's gotten, it's gotten really good. You, it, it actually, <laughs> yeah. you just charge it once, and you just drive it till you get rid of the car. Anyway, it won't Exactly. Be great. It comes charged, and it's a perpetual motion machine. They, they've done it, everyone. Volkswagen has done it. Yes. It's, it's a that would be something. That, you know what? That's the... That's the <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that going to be Volkswagen's next scandal? That's the equivalent of the Dieselgate, but it's for. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Once I'm marketing gets behind it, yes. Sorry, was that out loud? Anyway, can't control yeah, my inner so monologue that sometimes. So they got that. They got that EV, but his wife liked it so much. She said, "This should be my car." <laughs> so we now have an e-golf for the wife. So then, this is the twist I really didn't see coming. Yeah, Lance, who was who started with, "Should I get an i8?" Now has his wife in an e-golf, so he gets a used e-golf with eighty miles of range <laughs> for about ten thousand dollars, and decides instantly to put H and R springs lower in an inch and put new wheels and tires on it to make it a grip handling machine that happens to also be electric. We went like left turn here, man. I mean, we don't know if they're different colors. We don't know what the colors are, but, you know, it's got to be differentiated from his wife's car just a little bit. So one-inch lowering springs, and it's the handling e-golf. I, I love it's it. It's the handling but e-golf. Two e-golfs in the family. Uh-huh. Not only are they the same yeah. mark, they're the same car. I'm just, I'm floored by this, but okay. This All is right. a great story. I, I love that you found stuff that works for you, though. That's, mm-hmm. that's true. the Very best true. thing is... You know, after all this, we go round and round because, um, you know, he's spent a decent amount of money. It's it's really not bad at all. After no, the rebates and selling the Focus and paying $500 for charging equipment at home, they're in for about twenty k, fifteen for the 2019 plus ten five for the 2016 and $1,000 in wheels and springs and tires. There's... They've done well. Let's put it that yeah. way. For cars that are yeah. just going to be around, they've done very well. 
I mm-hmm. love this. Yeah, for their commuter cars that they're actually kind of thrilled with. I mean, that's an amazing trade-out for sell- selling the Focus and getting all those discounts. I mean, I'm I'm applauding you for the financial success of this and the fact that it solves your daily car needs and you're both excited about it. That's a huge <laughs> yeah. victory. We're a long way from, hey, guys, should I buy an i8? But this is how things happen, though. This is what's so great about these conclusions is that it, you, we become your sounding board. You send mm-hmm. us a car debate. Very much We respond so. what we think of that. That all rattles around in your head, and you think about, what does that mean for me now that I'm driving stuff and doing homework? And if you're Lance, you start with an i8, and now you have two e-golf. So there you go. <laughs> I see how we got there. Wait, no, I don't. No. Yeah, it, I it's don't a really. financial decision, and that absolutely plays into it. it it's just... I, I love that this worked out how it did. And so they're they're a two e-golf family. But what that means, everyone, <laughs> is that e-golfs are cheap, brand new. Yes, Dealers it will does. It really give does. You, yep. Practically give you one because they're mm-hmm. wanting to get rid of them. So, you know, I, I love, Lance, what you did is the, the lowering springs. And you turn it into something just a little <laughs> bit spicy, just a tiny bit. I guess. I well guess. Done. I'm very curious to see how that drives. It would be very interesting. All right, so the next one here is not featured in any particular episode, but Mason T. has decided to up his budget and splurge a bit, so I would like to take this opportunity (laughs) to say it does happen. And there's actually another email where somebody else actually increased their budget. So it does happen. I am justified. It doesn't always happen. But sometimes, just Mm -hmm. to sneak into the next thing because you love it, the emotions are connected to Visa and MasterCard. We all we all know this, right? Yep, you're right. You're and right. so splurging a little bit means a 2014 Audi S6 for just under $36,000 with about 37,000 miles. Now, that's pretty cool. Everything pretty in cool. tax, title, license, and a warranty, just a mm-hmm, bit mm-hmm. over $40,000 for everything. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, he did well. He did pretty well. I love that. He's in love with how powerful it is, how well it grips, and he says, ultimately, how comfortable and understated it is. And the prior owner had just done that very expensive 35,000-mile service, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he feels like Audi has drastically improved the reliability compared to the early to mid-2000s. Well, yes, that was... I agree with that, for sure. Not a a huge stretch, a leap to get there. But yeah, decided to sell a BMW and pocket the difference, and he couldn't be happier. Well done, Mason. Yeah, that's really cool. I I love it when, when there's that total twist. I mean, how often do you hear about a BMW guy goes and buys an Audi? I just like when you're driving around, you try different things, and you wind up with something cool. And I also like here, and this happens fairly regularly, and I'm glad you put this in here, Paul, because we, we get a good number of emails where you guys just write to us and go, hey, you haven't heard from me before, but I listened to the podcast, and I've yes. listened for a while, yeah. and as a result of listening, here's what I went out and did, which, I, hey, I'm glad that what we talk about here when we just kind of riff on people's ideas and talk about this and get off into the weeds, that that inspires you guys to go, wait a minute, let me talk about all of this differently. And I'm thrilled that we have results like this. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, excellent. Well done. I love that you got something that speaks to you because mm-hmm, we're all looking completely. for something different at, at different points in life. So comfort and understatement was Mason's desire, and he got it. I love mm-hmm. that. Excellent. So we also had Andy that wrote in from episode 276, and this one's a little bit complex, but we'll see if we can break this down a bit. A- Andy had a, a, a Cayman that he just he wasn't really driving and maybe should he move on and all this kind of stuff. So he, he sold his Cayman. And uh, and they and they helped finding a house and closing on a house and life happened and he pretty much instantly started looking at Caymans again and he realized <laughs> of course I've made a terrible mistake as you do but, you know exactly so but but the house you know okay we have a house I'm not going to use a car that often I, I take the train to work 
Uh, if I'm going to get another car, I probably need one for, uh, for you know, errands and stuff. So Andy thinks, all right, I love how this breaks down. He said, all right, I need the occasional car. It should be practical, enough space for groceries, something, you know, realistic. And so he bought a 2011 Boxster Spider. <laughs> Which is exactly that list. I mean, uh, but but I lo- I love this, Andy. What what actually what actually happened? You end up acknowledging the fact that you also bought a really like no money Volvo V fifty wagon to haul the dog around and to use as a winter beater. That was the actual exactly. car that was the reality car. But you splurged, you got yourself the six-speed 2011 Boxer Spider, which is a genuinely special car. Oh yeah, and you are thrilled. What I find hysterical is you sold the Cayman. You weren't driving much. And now you bought a Boxer Spider, which I do think was an upgrade. Well done. <laughs> Did you see the note in here where his wife has zero interest in ever learning how that top works? Like, it, it is yeah. one of the, mo- the fussiest, <laughs> most it complex. Is it's yeah. like putting this weird yeah, canvas diaper on the top of your car, and you just... <laughs> I does, like that description. What is it, clip it? Now, now let me unfold <laughs> the directions Boxster again. And, and the canvas diaper. I do like that. That's I'm, horrifying, I'm but funny. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm just glad to hear that you're going to be driving it more and that, yeah, you've got the the beater Volvo V50. So that's excellent. Well done. All right. So episode 320 from David Elfring writes to us and he says, today I'm the ecstatic guy who just drove home a brand new Tornado Red 2018 Volkswagen GTI. Very cool. Good. Good. Very cool. What I like about this is this came out of an episode where we were trying to kill your Camry for you. We were really trying to get you to move on from the Camry. It worked. And we gave you lots of driving homework, and you went and dutifully drove all kinds of things, including things way beyond the stuff we recommended. You just drove all kinds of 20 stuff. 20 cars. Monster list. On the list. Yes, 20. monster list of things you drove. I am, I am so impressed. What I like about this is you got that GTI. You can't believe how, for you, it checks almost every box including color. Bravo, by the way, on getting the good Tornado Red. That's awesome. What I like about this is the fact that you wrote, you drove so much that you found the car that you really went, this is the one for me. That is fantastic. Absolutely. Well, the part of the email that really struck me, David, is the part where you said you're going to be hitting autocrossing again for the first time since 1987, but you know, you're also <laughs> going to be taking 500-mile car trips. You're now doing it all with that uh-huh. one car, which is which awesome. Which is great. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And the homework which I like, it it eased his mind because he's saying, mm, I feel mm-hmm. good and solid. There's, yeah. I mean, that's what the benefit of drive homework can do is that it takes away that buyer's remorse part of it because you know, well, what does that other car look like, you know, or drive like the, the one that I was thinking yeah. about, but I never yeah, yeah. got around mm-hmm. to driving it. I should have driven it. I, I'm just, I'm still not sure. And then you either eventually drive it and go, ah, I, I chose poorly and you know, kind of regret your decision or it justifies. And so that's what mm-hmm, happened with mm-hmm. this 20 list, 20 car list of driving homework, which is man. Great. It's a huge list. It's great though. I, I love this drove that, that much. And also David uh, writes to us and he said, I went a few thousand over because the budget was 20 grand <laughs> and he went over. So I am not uh-huh. out of my tree. I'm not you, crazy. Yeah. This is the, this is the way we actually all end up shopping. I can spend 25, <laughs> you end up spending 29 or 30. That so many of us end up doing that. I, <laughs> I just, we tease you about it, but, yeah, but it does happen yeah. a lot for sure. You'll never sure. feel it in your monthly payment. Just stretch it out to 72 months. No problem. You just, you'll <laughs> never feel it. You'll always I love be making you're payments. Starting to, you're starting to sound like the finance department of pretty much any car dealer <laughs> exactly. on the planet. That's frightening. Exactly. Also, uh, Max and Vessie wrote in from Durango and they're big fans of the podcast. Thank you so much. And they live in Durango, and they've, they've invited us mountain biking and on the Million Dollar Highway, both of which are things I'd like to do. 
Oh, heck yeah. He drives a big Chevy 2500 with studded snow tires all winter as a plow truck. And he realized, you know what? I think I got the winter car covered. So why don't I get something fun? For a while, he was thinking, you know, let's be realistic and let's not get a sports car. And then he thought, wait, I have the winter car completely sewn up. And his wife has a 2015 Forester with a six-speed manual, so they just he started looking around at fun cars. He started mm-hmm. at the Hyundai Genesis Coupe yeah. because of us and the fact that I won't shut up about it. He drove the 86 chassis, but then he bumped into the Z cars, the 350 and the 370. There was a kid selling a 350Z for $5,000 with 80,000 miles, already in pretty good shape, but not a car he needed to be precious about or anything. He pulled the trigger on that right away. Now his wife likes driving it almost as much as he does, and it's changed the way she drives her Forester. This is like a victory across the board. I love this. No kidding. Well, they've got two dogs that ride in the back seat, but, you know, that was the the, the uh, Forester that she's driving. So, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the dogs ride around. They're happy. And I love, Vessi, that you are now driving your Forester faster and talking about body roll. <laughs> <laughs> because you would this have never experienced it, it. If you know, you yep. probably switch tires. If you haven't, you'll you'll get there. You know, once the tires, you know, you'll need some new ones, and then you're driving faster and you're experiencing corners in a different way. And when you start discussing <laughs> dynamics, when you get out of the car instantly, yeah, 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 yeah that's that's pretty awesome. So yeah, thank that's you guys fantastic. for writing into us, and uh, we'd love to get out to Durango at some point. We do need to go mountain biking, and uh, they, they sent us pictures of finishing off their drive, and then what they were going to do later in the day was go mountain biking themselves. So that was really cool. Some nice photos Fantastic, from you guys. Yeah. Really, really cool to hear. So again, thanks to all of you for writing to us and yeah, sharing your life with us, and, and uh, we get to tell everybody, because I, I really do think that it's, it's kind of satisfying in a way, in a very strange way. We all yeah, get to hear yeah, yeah. what you bought, and you know what's, what are people thinking? Hey, Todd, Paul, that was, you know, nice suggestion and all, but I went a totally different direction over here and I found mm-hmm. something I love. So mm-hmm. the stories are great. And uh, yeah, if, if it doesn't matter that you weren't featured on the podcast, that your story wasn't, it, it really doesn't matter. We'd love to hear the stories. And so True. we're continually yeah, building these up, hopefully do them every once in a while. But it just, it just struck me as it's time again. We need to share these stories mm-hmm. because I agree. You know, I love it. We just get to hear what everybody bought and what, you know, lights everybody's candle. It's pretty cool. Very cool. Well, we have a whole another car debate coming up here, a, a brand new fresh car debate for you, plus so many questions. I'm not even sure what we're going to deal with all of them. But we'll be back in just a minute with that car debate for Ben. We're often asked how we find the cars we recommend because we do a lot of research for the show. Local or nationwide, our searches start with our friends at Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car site separately, you can enter your parameters into Auto Tempest one time and search them all at once. You can see results from Cars.com, CarsDirect, eBay, and more, or you can jump to AutoTrader and CarGurus without entering anything new. You can even search all of Craigslist nationwide. You know how hard it is to search Craigslist all at once? You can with AutoTempest. AutoTempest can help you find your next new or used car if there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the entire country. Plus, the folks at Auto Tempest actually do listen to this very podcast right along with you, and they're always looking for ways to refine the site to make it better. They already have research tools, buyer and seller guides, and are listening to what features users want. So if we give you drive homework or you're chasing your dream car or you're just looking to feed the disease, autotempest.com is the place to start. Heck, I was honored an hour ago. Ben is writing to us with a car for his wife. So he needs to buy a car for Mm -hmm. his wife. And then he's wanting a little something for himself. 
because he currently is bombing around in a company car. It's a mm-hmm. huge truck, he says, a freakishly large Toyota Sequoia. <laughs> now, okay. he's got a cheap Miata for autocrossing and track duty, and he loves it. But then his wife agreed to let him consult us for her next car choice, and there's no budget in there. But that that's... You know, we, we kind of understand the budget from the fact that she drives an 07 Forester, but no budget and no real requirements either, which was very interesting. Well, no, here's what it has to have or, or I'm not considering X brand, something like that. It was just, hey, I'm open. Very cool. Very interesting. Well, but it gets down here to the bottom, though, and he does say he'd, he'd love it. If uh, if it could be automatic, but no CVTs, because he does want uh, that to kind of land and, and not not be something he hates, and he would like to stay under twenty grand, even though he's kind of gone, you know, surprise me, guys. So that's mm-hmm. pretty interesting too. Mm-hmm. Well, even though he's already autocrossing the Miata, he says the new one will also be autocrossed occasionally, probably not as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, they're into it, which is pretty cool. As I said, his wife drives this 07 Forester. It's got high miles on the way out. And so we need to decide on something for her. But she's agreed to consider a car that is engaging for him to drive. So, you mm-hmm. know, Agreed. since he's Agreed. doing the company car thing, he needs something else. But listen to this statement. Her dad drives a 2018 Volvo V60 T5, and they both like that car. Mm-hmm. That has influenced my thinking for I'm you, sure, Ben. yeah. That, sure. yeah. that car alone. I'm not going that direction, but by the way, for your 15 to 20 grand budget, you can actually buy those. I went looking because yeah. I thought, yeah, yeah. huh, 2018s, you can at least get into 2016. So just FYI, if that really is something you like, but I just don't see a Volvo V60 being autocrossed successfully. Maybe, but I just, I'm not seeing it. I mean, it. you can you can autocross anything, but coming from a Miata and now yeah. you're in a Volvo V60, I think you're going to wish you were in something else. I, I just think it's going to happen. They are cool, though, and I, and I, and I want to support you guys if that Volvo V60 speaks to you. I agree with you, Paul. It's on my list for the same reason. They could just go get one if that car's speaking to them, but I've got four other options I want to talk through for sure. Four? I went with one. I think I okay. found your car. Oh, good. Excellent. What is it? Well, I'm going to start with her car first. Coming out of 07 Forester, I'm going even smaller, but it's still got a surprising amount of space. And it's also a Mazda. So both of you will have Mazdas. Yay. It is a CX-3. I'm thinking a CX-3 will actually start to feel more nimble and lighter than the Forester you're currently in. And they're, yeah, you sell that car, however much you can get for the Forester. The best part is they're not that expensive. Even one or two years old, they're not that True. much. True. Yeah, yeah. So they're e- they're an easy choice to consider, and I think you'd have a lot of fun. I don't know your space requirements, and that's the only issue there. I, I'm not sure what that yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Yeah, they're not very big, but they are. They do drive well. You get the little bit of. I mean, she, the Forester is an almost CUV anyway, so you stay in yeah. that kind of world. Yeah. Great styling, good new tech. I see that for sure. Ben, this Volvo, it's it's. I'm thinking about this car. And so I went hunting. Again, for your budget, I went to a car that you and I have very rarely, I don't think if ever we have talked about. Hmm. It is the E91 BMW wagon. It is essentially the Touring, which is essentially a short wagon. If you already like the Mm V60, Mm -hmm. you already like that wagon, welcome to a rear-wheel drive BMW with a real transmission Whether you get manual Hmm. or automatic, manuals are going to be tough to find, but you can do it. 
but certainly yeah. an automatic. And with that kind of budget, those cars, the early, we'll say the 08s to 2010s, they're in the $12,000 range. So with 15 to mm-hmm, 20, mm-hmm. you can go find yeah. yourself the lowest mile wagon, some of the last wagons we get in the US. Again, rear wheel drive, and I'm not talking, obviously they're not the M3, you can get 330, but even the 328 of that era, you're mm-hmm. getting a great package. They turn my head still. And with the right stance, right wheels and tires, so you can go find yourself a really low mile example with 15,000 and then be uh, yeah. sort of yeah, your yeah. Your, your sure. heart is you know not troubled by the upcoming maintenance and whatever that is, even though, <laughs> you know, it's a BMW, it's going to be a little, a little bit more high strung. But I mean, I'm yeah. seeing them for 70 to 100,000 miles for sale for 12 grand. So I'm thinking, go get yourself a 40,000 mile car for 15 and be done. Okay. Right. Sure. And, and it's just not common. I see that. That's an excellent choice. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. They're all over. I, they're everywhere. So something I didn't to consider. always stay with wagons. Those are good. I didn't and always you stay can with wagons on my choices. I mean, who autocrosses that? You certainly could. Be You're really right. interesting. You're right. That's good. Really That's good. Yeah. I, I didn't always stay with, with wagons on this, uh, but I, I agree with you, Paul. That B70 Volvo is the thing that really kind of turns this whole discussion. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, let's see, let's see Ben. Here, here's what I'm thinking for, for you and your wife. I think I like the, the Forester idea. I see where she's going there. So, okay, let's get something that feels like a normal full-size car with good space front and back. If we can do a hatch, some of mine are hatchy. If you can do a hatch, great. But I also thought about that fact that you need to enjoy driving it. And hopefully by you enjoy driving it, she'll enjoy driving it more. She'll understand those dynamics. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm, I'm staying under your twenty grand budget. What about head over to Infinity? If you can get a Q50, great. Mm-hmm. If not, you're back to a G37. But either way, okay. that is a really good, reliable, rear-wheel drive four-door sedan with some decent luxury. It's going to feel like a nice upgrade from that Forester. It is, if you will, it's the BMW dynamics and idea without the scary maintenance. That's really what those are. So look at the Infiniti G37 Q50. While you're there, look, we have to go to the competition, which is the current Lexus IF350. Get the F-Sport if you can. That's a car that's just going to surprise you because it surprised us. As we drove it, we kept thinking, this is a really great all-arounder. And it is rear-wheel drive. It's all of those things. So the IS350 is really compelling. The overlooked car in this area, I'm staying sedans, is the Acura TL with the super handling all-wheel drive. I've left rear-wheel drive. Yes, it is. But... But look for that TL. Try to find one a little bit post-Beak era. But look for that Acura TL. That is an overlooked brand and is an overlooked car. And the dynamics on Acuras never never fail to surprise us. And the TL is almost always better than we think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think shop the Acura TL. Because they are mostly overlooked, they don't hang on to their value that well. You can get deals on them even new. But they don't hang on to their value that well. And it's a Honda. So it's going to run, and the maintenance is going to be straightforward. So there's that. And then if you really want to stay hatch, and you really want to stay practical, but you want to have an actual gearbox, then you need to shop. Maybe you can get a Golf R, but you're probably going to be more in the, the GTI with the DSG because you're going to get a good enthusiast gearbox, and she's going to get a good hatchback with modern dynamics and good space front and rear. Twenty grand for that. You can make it happen one of those is my choice for you. Sure, I can see that. I like the Lexus. I mean, I think the IS250 is, I don't know that you should go there because the dynamics and the power of the 350 are what surprised us. 
And now, I agree. as I agree. you yeah. said, they're now in a sweet spot as far as price. But the 250, just, I don't think, I, I think you'll find it lacking, even though it seems like the good deal because they're cheaper and sure. almost there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I do think you need to consider the 350, yeah, especially the F Sport. But yeah, no, I agree with that. And, 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 and if you're chasing just dynamics, I don't know your, your styling thing. I'm just thinking this as we're talking about it. If you're chasing dynamics first, you can get a Cadillac ATS for your budget all day long. But you I know could, that yeah. is not styling that everybody likes, and it's obviously, again, not a hatch. Uh, the thing is, you may end up in the four-cylinder for that money. You really don't want the four-cylinder. You want the, the six-cylinder on that car. So maybe that's in your budget. Maybe it's not. But if you are doing a bunch of drive homework, you should throw in the ATS while you're at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those used Cadillacs actually now come from the dealership with a Sawzall, so you can cut the Q system out of the dash. And then actually put something in that you like, so that yeah, I'm, nice I'm sure feature. somebody can wire you something better in there for sure. <laughs> that, that that'd be a it'd be a short trip to wind up better for sure. Just grind that out of your dash anyway. I I kid. All right, thank you for writing to us. Really appreciate it. Again, if you've got your own debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail dot com or on the website where you're perusing the Utah adventure coming at us really fast mm-hmm. and the pilgrimage trip as well. So go there and uh, yeah, send us an email for. All kinds of reasons. And by the way, Topic Tuesdays have been pouring in, so thank you for that. We've got a, a yeah, load of cool. them lined Great up. Ones. Very cool. All right, jump to questions from Shane M. <laughs> driving etiquette question from a recovering New York City driver who communicates using the horn. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How would you handle a senior driving in an erratic manner? His natural inclination is to use the horn, but he fears it might make things worse. I, I'm not saying a really great way out of this one, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, especially, you would feel terrible if you caused an accident, either with another car or him just, yeah. whoever that is, the, the senior, male or female, whoever it is, if they just well, you, freak you, out and they, oh my gosh, and they hit something, you'd, you'd feel pretty bad. So Yeah, you don't, you don't want to honk and startle the already yeah. overwhelmed driver. That's absolutely true. I yeah. just, I feel like this is this is a tough one. You're, you might just have to clench and grit your teeth and bite the towel and just try to get through it because how how can you get around them is the big thing yeah i mean obviously you want to get around them as quickly as you can but ultimately give them a wide berth and i hope for the best i guess that that's a tough one (laughs) our answer is hope for the best that's that's my life strategy right there it's just hope for the best That's that's hysterical. I love it. Uh, Becca Walker wrote in on Facebook and said, as someone who knows nothing about wrenching on my own cars, should I even consider purchasing a BRZ that's had a uh, supercharger already put on it, the Jackson Racing one, which is, is really well known to be really well reliable? Becca, I want to speak to you on this and also anybody else considering buying somebody else's car that they've built or a car that is factory, but you don't know how to wrench on cars. That's fine. There isn't a requirement. There's nothing listed anywhere. Honestly, I know enough about wrenching on cars that I will probably make something worse. I mean, I can do a few things, but a lot of times I'm just... Well, yeah, what's a few things, to, but you know, you're not yeah. rebuilding an engine in your spare time with your no, two-week vacation. No, I'm really not. Exactly. And, and that's the big thing for me is I've started to realize that, you know what? My time is better served elsewhere for the person that can do it with the right tools and half the time and frustration it would take me and I won't have any bloody knuckles anymore. So you know what? I should just pay somebody to do this right. But if you're not even going to ponder doing your own maintenance, that's fine. But the the trick is you have to find the person you trust to work on that car first. 
And so find somebody in your local area that not only you trust as a mechanic, but then do they have any experience with these cars in supercharged form? If not, then chase your local forums and find out where guys with supercharged versions take their cars. So if you have somebody lined up that has worked on those cars with those superchargers, then I wouldn't think twice. If you're just like, I'll buy one. I don't know how to wrench on it, but I'll take it to my local mechanic who's never seen this before. That could get you into trouble. Yeah. All right. Add the man's has asked, how soon is too soon to be looking at new cars after you buy one? <laughs> 30 seconds to a minute is too soon, but three and a half minutes later is probably okay. And consider this, it's all in the name of research. You're just, you know, mm-hmm. seeing what the market conditions are doing and what the market can bear and what new things have come out and did you make the right choice? And, you know, if you haven't done extensive driving homework, you're probably wondering, buyer's remorse. <laughs> but if you have, maybe yeah. it's, you know, assuaged your fears and you're doing okay. But I, I say, honestly, all joking aside, of course, we're always looking. It's no problem. Yeah, I mean, we're sure. comparing, sure, yeah. ooh, I got a good deal or ooh, I paid way too much or, you know, whatever that is. We're always doing research because we're always learning. We're constantly learning about the market for that car, our favorite mm-hmm. car, our favorite mm-hmm. brand, whatever that is. It, it's it's fine. There's there's no shame. <laughs> Honestly, it's all well, in the name of science. It is, but here's the thing. We all have, we talk about it. You talk about it as the hole that you throw your money down. We all have that thing that we're obsessed with whether we have enough of it or not. Mm-hmm. And I know this well, is going to yeah. sound cliche, but, but but my wife really loves shoes. She has a lot of great shoes, okay? She really loves shoes. She's the been number known of times, to take shoes on vacation, like extra suit. Yeah, she has been known she? to take multiple multiple pairs of shoes. You've on mentioned this. Yes, for sure. It's like we're going to be gone for three days, and there's like seven pairs of shoes going. I'm like, what? Are we just are we just doing like pit stops to <laughs> change shoes? You're over there but, with your toothbrush. Like what? What? I, I have I have a toothbrush, a pair of shoes, and a t-shirt that'll work for driving whatever car. That's really where I'm headed. Anyway, you know, I brought I brought the pair of pants I'm wearing on the plane and one extra shirt. I'm good. We're anyway, good. no, but this is th- th- thankfully my wife puts up with me. But but this is the thing: the, the number of times she says to me, she says, "Oh, look at these," and invariably, whenever she says that, she turns her phone around and it's a pair of shoes. Awesome. It's not like, and, and she does it, and I'm going somewhere with this. She does it, honestly, I'm aware of the fact that she just bought a pair. Okay? Okay? And she'll <laughs> still do this. Better. This is This is what we're like as car people. Just be careful. Here's my, here's my caveat here. Be careful about your significant other when they see you looking at more, let's be honest, more car porn. All right? Yeah. You just bought a car. You're supposed to be done now. For a bit, but you're looking again. Just be careful. You may have to navigate that thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're expecting at least. It depends on the conversation you've had with your significant other. Uh, But that person that loves you in spite of you, just be careful. You're going to have to navigate that discussion at some point. I've got one here from uh, Brian writing in on Facebook. Interesting question because this leads me down a kind of a, a rabbit trail here. He says he's debating getting a brand new Stinger GT as his daily. Would we recommend that? He said most of the ones he finds are all-wheel drive, but he's listened to us, and he's thinking about how many times, how rarely, let's be honest, he actually thinks he'll need all-wheel drive. So he's thinking, why not get a rear-wheel drive version and just enjoy that more, get proper tires? I love all of this, Brian. I think that's fantastic. I say do it. Then you stop for a second and you go, I'm not certain about Kia from a reliability standpoint. Mm -hmm. And you say, look, I know it gets the 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty and all of that. He said, I know about all of that. But he's acknowledging the fact that he normally keeps his cars for about 150,000, maybe more, miles. So he's concerned. 
If you are concerned, I'm sure Kia has this, and I know aftermarket companies have this, you could get the extended warranty. If you really plan to keep the car that long, you can always get an extended warranty, factory or otherwise. But the thing that I was struck by here, Brian, is that warranty that was created for Hyundai and Kia. And I I read a fascinating uh, discussion, an internal discussion that happened when they first did that. This is how, and we've joked about it before, how marketing sometimes drives everything that actually happens in the making of the car. Hyundai and Kia, when they first came out, and we can all remember this, they were a joke. They were the, oh my gosh, cars from Korea, but you can get one stupid cheap. So it's the cheapest car in America, and at least you know if you need a new car, you can get one, and they're disposable, and they fall apart, and they're ugly, and they had all of that stuff initially. Somewhere along the line, somebody in the marketing department, I don't know when it happened specifically, but they decided, we're going to say, we're going to create and, and back the biggest warranty in the industry, 10-year, 100,000 miles, because that's going to make people buy our stuff and take it seriously. And they did that, and it did begin to, over time, transform the brand. But the thing that you don't think about that absolutely happened internally is all of the engineers and the folks designing and building the cars suddenly went, oh, crap. <laughs> because they realized they they actually had to start. And it happened behind the scenes. They didn't advertise it, but this happened. They had to start designing and building their cars differently and better because the company ultimately was putting their financial gain on the line to not have to try to fix them as much. So as a result, almost like back timing from the marketing decision, the cars got better as a result. I think, Brian, you shouldn't be worried about the reliability of that Kia. I think it's going to be excellent. Brian, I'm going to answer this just slightly differently with an example of a woman named Farah Haynes at the end of 2018 had driven her 2013 Hyundai Elantra 1 million miles in five years. Verified by Hyundai. That's right. It's still on the original powertrain. She had the dual clutch transmission clutch pack replaced at 347,000 miles (laughs) and the entire transmission replaced at 545,000 miles. All viable changes, yes. Yes. And Hyundai was sort of like, what? Are you sure? And so they went out and they verified it, plugged it in, verified the VIN and the odometer. The odometer couldn't keep up because it couldn't display more than six digits. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So, yes, it happens. You could always say, well, that's just a one-off car. I'm with Todd. I mean, over time, car companies are learning, and they're now at a place where there's no question in my mind. Any car will need maintenance, but there, there's no question that oh, they're course, yeah. <laughs> absolutely in that category, which leads me to a secondary question similar from Adam Dalebrew on Twitter who's asking, would we prefer and why for commuting, hauling, and spirited driving, of course, the GLA 45 <laughs> or the Kia Stinger GT? Because hmm. he said now both can be had for just about thirty to $35,000, he said obviously the Kia is newer with lower miles, Okay, either way, I think it's going to be just fine. I I have I have very little qualms. Again, there's always exceptions to every rule. I'm I'm doing the CYA thing right now just to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 90% of the time, but generally speaking, they're at the level of I, I wouldn't hesitate to buy one. Honestly, I I mean, I wouldn't. So at this point, GLA versus Kia Stinger, I'd go GLA. That Kia could be more reliable, ultimately, in the long run. It's just a larger, heavier, not as fun car compared to the GLA 45. It doesn't really compare in that category. If you're getting after it, you're going to love 
how that GLA handles. But then there's the power yeah. of the Stinger. I mean, you can't deny that. So it kind it's, of it's depends a much on what bigger you're looking car. for. Much, much bigger car. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, they're not really a comparison. But I think both you and I, Todd, would go after the GLA. But again, for me, just because it's smaller and more, and more chuckable. Yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah. there's still a great amount of space in there. It's the grown up hot hatch, really. <laughs> it is. It's absurd, but it is. <laughs> You've graduated in middle management. Hey, welcome to Mercedes, right? <laughs> I kid, I kid. Ed the Sled asks a question that I, I, I read it, and then I was struck by my answer, and then surprised by my own answer. He, he wrote on Instagram, he said, What car available only in all wheel drive would you convert to rear wheel drive? Oh. And I thought of one, and I really like this, and I wish it was possible. It's the Subaru WRX. I think that car should be available both ways. Look, Subaru hangs Mm. on to actually making that 50-50 symmetrical all-wheel drive. It's not the thing that you see with the Haldex clutch where it actually is a front-wheel drive car and it throws power to the rear. No, it's all-wheel drive all the time, which Mm. is very cool. It's their thing that does create a very reliable, safe understeer prone chassis in the WRX. I'm not saying it's not it's not fun because we recommend them all the time. But what if that car you could just buy it in rear wheel drive form? Why not? They they just don't put the front drive running gear in it. It's already set up to take power to the rear. It's not like it occasionally does. It always does. That would answer this question that we keep coming up against, which is guys, I want an affordable, mid-sized rear wheel drive sedan. I'm an enthusiast. Where is this car? It's the WRX without front-running gear. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like that. Solid, I can see that. Solid power, tunable, and I think in rear-wheel drive form, I think the handling would be only improved. I genuinely think so. I'm thinking about Audis. I feel like we love Audis for what they are, but could yeah, yeah. really love them more if front ends felt lighter and turned in quicker mm-hmm. and they're not... Solving the problem by putting wider tires in the front or, yeah, trying to, <laughs> yeah, sure. you know, just let's change the engine around to change how that car handles. What if Audi did a genuine rear-wheel drive model? What if the TT were rear-wheel drive only? That's great. Or I was even thinking the S5. Those are or two the cars S5, in the yes. I think would be amazing as rear-wheel drive cars. I, do, I love that. That's great. Well, I don't think any of us think of them on the same level as BMW when you're, when you're shopping hardcore enthusiast car like an M235i. What does Audi have that competes against that car? Name the car. What is it? I'm, I'm yeah, genuinely I mean, asking. I, I don't know. it's supposed to be the A-class, S-class, but we've driven those back-to-back, and the BMW has that better steering feel because it's rear-wheel mm-hmm. drive. I, I hear you. Completely mm-hmm. hear you. So what if Audi made that, and Audi is closer than Mercedes to bring a manual back, I, I think. And they hmm, could offer it okay. if they were wanting to... Do something, but you know they're off in Etron land right now. So you know. Well, but they could they could pull the the gearbox straight from the the Golf the GTI. They yeah, could pull they could. The, that six speed over and yeah. be done. Yeah, I love that. The six speed manual rear wheel drive TT would be the business. That's yeah. a very cool idea. Yeah, yeah, something like that. All right, all right. Well, you know we can dream. Dawson Johannes is asking a design question. Do we find the corporate look to be a clever use of design or a lazy method of designing an entire line of cars? Hmm. Wow. Hmm. I I find nothing lazy about it because continually giving it the corporate look and updating it and not offending <clears throat> BMW X7 and new 7 Series, not offending your customers by making it oversized and too big, 
uh, I, I feel like everything's it's, everything's better with shields on the front, Paul. Oh, Come yes. on, shields. It's you can take them off and like de- you can defend the neighborhood with those shields. It can be great. Can. Yeah. <laughs> the jokes write themselves. They're they're shields for the kids with swords. Anyway, um, I'm just I'm thinking about long term and continually updating things. Look at the kidney grills on BMWs and how they have changed over the years from very mm-hmm. tall and vertical and then they went really wide and horizontal and then they're back to somewhere in the middle and you know the the elements that we see on all the cars, it's difficult to achieve it and then keep updating it over time to keep that looking fresh. But yeah, what if yeah. everybody claims at this point, Dawson, that cars look all the same? Think about that. If the if the general perception now with good corporate design is that everything looks the same. What mm, if mm. every car were willy-nilly? Well, that Corolla kind of looks like a Mercedes. And, huh, What? that's kind of weird from Audi. I never saw that coming. You know, so yeah. it, it's yeah. very yeah, yeah. important from a branding perspective, from a, a moving up in the model range. They want you t- as a customer mm-hmm. in the, mm-hmm. you know, the A3, A4, somewhere in there because you're aspiring to the S class or the S seven or, you know, the RS seven or an R eight one day, same with BMW. Every car company wants to offer products throughout the range. You and I have been talking about this. I mean, Honda does it. Everybody does it. If they don't offer a particular niche model, that's even very similar to one on either side of it, they'll still lose sales. So corporate design is very important, but the most clever companies use the same parts without making you realize they're using the same parts. That's the trick. Yeah, there's cost sharing there as well. I wish, I think it's a great idea because of the branding discussions you're having. I really wish they would give themselves freedom that occasionally there are cars that are going to break the rule because they just can't fit the corporate grill, especially mm-hmm. when it's halo cars. I wish the halo sure. cars would be allowed to be kind sure. of whatever, but because I don't think the current uh, Nissan V helped the GTR at all. But I mean that I understand yeah. why it's on there, you know. So the and you know the Audi corporate grill has been shoehorned on the R8. Okay, but what if it didn't have to have that? I, I think there, the exceptions can be made, but there's got to be that branding consistent thing throughout, and that's why they do it for sure. Well, you don't ever want to ask the question of like, wow, that's a Porsche, yeesh, yeah. or yeah, fair, huh? I, I I'm not seeing it, Ferrari. I, that's kind of weird and crazy, but I'm not seeing it. Or you know, name the brand. Because they want that that look. So when you look at it, it's, you know, some cars look like a dropped pizza and some cars look like they've got a squid laying across the back. And that's the spoiler. And you know, Yeah, fair. They, they want you to be able to recognize it in the parking lot. And so that's why they're they're trying increasingly different things. And they, they want mm-hmm. to show mm-hmm. you this is the, the direction we're going. And, it, of course, it all ties into where their future is going, you know, and they see with, you know, autonomous driving and all that kind of stuff, they want to integrate it that into the future. So it's incremental steps, baby steps, because once you feel like you've tried it all, then what do you do? Hmm. You know? Yeah, for sure. Fast line motorsports on Instagram asked a question. I'm going to kind of answer. I'm going to try to answer it for you and for everybody else. He said, can you give me details on the East coast meetup? First thing to know is that because we're just kind of marching through our year and hitting the madness as it strikes us, uh, we don't have everything locked in right now because that'll be right after the pilgrimage trip. So we're just trying to kind of step through uh, events as they happen. Again, we have the Utah meetup coming, then the pilgrimage trip, then 
Hopefully, we're intending in October will be the East Coast meetup. We're intending the Atlanta area. I do not have a date for you yet. We're intending the Atlanta area with hopefully very similar to the Utah meetup. There will be some meals. There will be a road tour. There will be a track day. It will be around a track day that's already being done by a local group. Uh, It is discussed for October. I don't have dates, but my understanding based on all of our madness and the fact that we will have been in Germany the beginning of October, it will be the back half of October should it happen. I can't guarantee it's happening right now just because we are, well, season five's happening as well. That's what's happening in my head (laughs) right right now. But many other things, we aren't forgetting it, so we'll let you know as soon as we know more. Christian Everett is a driving coach out at Speed Vegas and a fan of the show. Chris, thanks for writing in. He's asking, what causes the haze on the inside of the windshield, and can you prevent it? It seems to be clean on the inside of his Lotus windshield, you know, once every few days, but then the haze comes right back. My solution for this... Yes, it does. Well... Actually, Stephen Hartman, you you called it. It's partly, it's the plastics in the car still off-gassing. They can off-gas years later. That's essentially what the new car smell is. It's all the fabrics and the plastics (laughs) sort of releasing their chemical smell into the air after production. And so... This can happen. Car different cars do it differently. It's it's a combination of smog and dust in the air, and there's really no way to prevent it. But I do have a secret for you. Of course, cleaning it means elbow grease. But what you want to do is wipe back and forth one direction on the inside of the windshield, and yep. the opposite direction on the outside of the windshield. So you know when you're looking, you're trying to find the dirty spot. You know inside or outside where it is. You can instantly uh-huh, tell for sure. That's For the sure. secret yeah, on that's a actually getting it clean. Don't wipe the same direction on the inside and the outside because you'll chase your tail and you'll be going crazy. So, yeah, maybe yeah. horizontal on the inside and then vertical up and down on the outside. And then you can instantly tell where the, the smudge is. It's very helpful. Wow. It's, it's, yeah. Good luck chasing the clean Lotus windshield because that may be the car cleaning bane of my existence, Chris. So just letting you know that. And I actually have found the Lotus being small enough that I almost always just go horizontal on the outside and vertical on the inside because the inside of the cabin is so tight mm-hmm. that uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to do anything else. And you can reach all the way across the windshield while standing beside the car so you can go oh, horizontally on the outside. So hopefully very that few works cars as well. can you do this on. This very, is true. very few. This is very true. All right. Uh, Hunter Brooks Dahl drove a 1M a couple days ago. Now he's dying to buy a 135i because, yeah, who can afford an M? But he's afraid it won't be enough after driving the M. Hmm. Look, it's it's hard to drive a car and then not be able to buy it. We agree. True. Very true. Absolutely. Yep. But getting close and being able to get close enough where a part or two or a tire change, something simple – can bring you to that almost level that you're still satisfied that you spent, I don't know, ten, twenty, fifteen thousand dollars less than yeah. the car you wanted. That still factors in. You still mm-hmm. have to remind yourself because it's not immediately visible. You can't, you know, oh, that's right. You gotta remind yourself. I spent twenty grand less than a one M and I got this that still makes me, I don't know, eighty five percent, ninety percent as happy. Maybe it's seventy five. <laughs> Yeah, the the gauge is only for you to determine. Yeah, but you you just have to remember how much money you saved. Well, and I also think that the play here is not. He said, "Can I get a one thirty five? I will. I'd be happy enough." Don't get the one thirty five. I chase the one thirty five. I s. It is the almost one m. Yeah, you will still save money. That one will be pretty close and you won't have the oh my gosh I've got a 1M I couldn't really afford it and, and therefore I have to keep it in the garage factor it'll it, you'll avoid the preciousness thing 
but the one the 135 IS is very close in many many ways. I think that's the chase. Uh, another quick question for me from Brian Penn asking recommendations for wet road tires for a 981 base Cayman. Well, if you can't spring for the Michelin PS4s, which are great, summer tires, generally speaking, are great for both wet and dry conditions. So manufacturers Hopefully, take yes. that in consideration. for them to be, yeah. Unless it's a step above that and you're going towards tracking and it's, you know, a shave tire, whatever that is. But I will say Goodyear puts the Eagle F1 as standard on the 981 Cayman GTS. And those mm-hmm. were pretty darn good in the wet. But I also like Continentals and Kumo. Interestingly enough, I'll bet Kumo makes a size for you that is hmm. pretty similar to the Michelins, to be honest. I was told way back when by the, the dealer that they use the same rubber supplier. I cannot corroborate or verify that. And the way Kumo saves money is, is of course, very little advertising, which is in contrast to Michelin. But we like Kumos. Those are the tires that you know I've had experience with, and I, I think something in that range you'd be very, very happy with. I agree with that. I have one last one. That's from Jay Doherty 787 He was talking about brand ambassadors. And if we could be the brand ambassador for a car company, <laughs> who would it be? And, Paul, you can't pick Porsche, and I can't pick Lotus. <laughs> okay. Who would we be a brand ambassador for? I honestly think I'm going to say Mazda. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. I just I, I like look the Miata is a fantastic car of course it's it's the the all-purpose classic uh, rear-wheel drive roadster done right but they do a really good job of having all of their cars in all market segments be surprisingly good especially in handling dynamics I, I would back Mazda for sure mm-hmm I'm towing with the idea of BMW but it just it seems like a foregone conclusion it seems too easy you know I I'm, I'm I, I really thought you'd say Kia I really did. I suppose Kia, yeah, yeah. But maybe, you know what? It'd have to be Hyundai. It'd have to be Hyundai, for sure. Really? Because, okay. because right. of the N line of cars. That's why. Ah, all right. Okay, I see that. And for Kia's sure. yeah. not yeah, doing those that. Those are excellent. The N yeah, line, okay. yeah, it'd be Hyundai. Yeah. Interesting. There you go. You heard it here. Holy moly. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Really appreciate all your questions and your engagement. Honestly, it, it keeps it entertaining because Todd and I said, hey, did you see who wrote to us? Look at this question. Oh my gosh. All the time. All the time that happens. Absolutely. And if you are listening and you have not rated or reviewed the podcast yet, we would really appreciate that because that helps keep it in the upper podcast for automotive and it helps other people find it. You wouldn't leave the number of people that write us about, hey, I was just looking for an automotive podcast and yours came up, which is awesome. That also works just as well for Amazon Prime, where you can find all of our TV episodes. You can rate and review them there. You can do the same on IMDb. These all help the big, scary algorithm work in our favor, so we would appreciate it for sure. Yep. Thanks again, guys. Until next time, cheers, everyone.